I'm looking like right now. Told you. Let Tiger Woods win the Masters. Oh my goodness. Nobody will be able to tell me a thing. <laughs> Alright, so let's do this. Alright. As Kyle would as Kyle would do it. <laughs> Swoosh. Bye bye. We fly. No lie. You know it's bowling. And we hope you are balling right now because it is the NBA playoffs. <laughs> Man, great time to be alive for a basketball fan. You are rocking with the Running With War All-NBA podcast with your boy, Joshua M. Hicks, and my guy, Chris Pennant. Normally, we would have Kyle in this mug, but this time he was like, we can roll with it. So guess what? We're going to roll with this thing. You can always check out our Running With War podcast on War on Anchor all throughout our social media platforms, including we're all, all, all type of platforms, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google, Spotify, you name it. Anchor, catch us Anchor, on Anchor, too, is all Anchor FM, we are all over them joints. Check out the We Are Regal Radio site. Um, you have the Indiscope podcast and column with me, your boy Joshua M. Hicks, and you also got the uh, the, NBA, the Bulls podcast with Chris. What is the name of that podcast again? Uh, bullies on the Block. We're gonna do some. We're gonna do some Bullies on the Block over the summer. We'll see what after the draft. We'll see what things happen. Summer league. You know, just some speculative speculative things. But Bullies on the Block, formerly known R.I.P. as Sh- Campaign and Champagne, Champagne and Campaign. We'll see our. Our hero campaign somewhere in the basketball uh, in the basketball ether somewhere, but bullies on the block. Check it out. Definitely check out all these all the great things we got going on with We Are Regal Radio today for the special edition of the NBA podcast. We got some interesting guests with us from the We Are Regal Radio site. We have Sid the Kid Brown. Uh, our, our, our NHL Blackhawks <laughs> analyst He's going to jump in, jump on the podcast with us for a little bit to talk about uh, some NBA talk. And we also have the executive producer of the Deep and David Show, which is net, which you can easily access now on our website. Ryan, with the special last name that even Demons D himself <laughs> can't even get right. So. Let me hear you with that. Yeah. Bukovetsky. Bukovetsky. There we go. I was trying to figure it out. Bukovetsky. Ryan Bukovetsky. I see. D, I hope you listen. Because guess what? I got it right. <laughs> Good work, Josh. Thank you. That being said, follow my Twitter at jhicks042 and Instagram at thatguyjoshhicks for all the latest work coming from me, your boys, truly, Chris Hennett. Tell the guys your social media uh, uh, handles and where they can find your stuff at. I'm on Twitter at Quandary Kitten. That's K-W-A-N-D-A-R-Y Kitten. Shout out to Barbecue Kitten Bradley University, class of 2010. I'm old, so I'm not on Instagram, but every once in a while you'll see me on Facebook. But mainly you'll catch my thoughts on anything ranging from NBA to WNBA to MLB to politics to what just happened down the street with the people whose dogs never stop barking. Quandary Kitten on Twitter. Please follow me. 
definitely, man. We have, yeah, we gotta we gotta check out a sky game. We gotta go to a sky. It's gonna game. be. I'm we got a, to because they did they did their thing with this draft. I'm gonna tell you on the low. It's gonna be a great season for them, and a lot of people compare them to like not even the. I, somebody said the Warriors now with the amount of three point shooting. It might look the Warriors of old with Katie Lou Samuelson in the backcourt with Slooty and then Allie Quigley. Might remind a lot of people of Mullen and Hardaway and Spreewell out, out in, um, in, in Oakland back in the day. The Sky are going to have a, follow, a fun season. Man, definitely can't wait to catch, uh, catch that out. Sid, tell them all your social, me- uh, social media handles and where to find your infamous NHL analyst, analytic posts and, and column. You can find it at WeAreRegalRadio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L-Radio.com. You can follow me on Twitter at SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. And Ryan Bukovetsky. Get him again. Oh, I'm on fire. Killing him, Jeff. I'm on Kill fire. Him. Kill him. Kill him. D, I hope Shout you take out to D. D, I hope you taking notes. Shout out to D. I hope you taking notes because your boy's on fire. Ryan's Ryan on your Twitter. Ryan Bisky on Twitter. Follow me. All types of stuff. We are real regalradio.com. Of course, Dean Davis Show, executive producer, The Flip, all that good stuff. So you can catch me on all types of things. We are Regal Radio. Ryan, you just put out a nice article on um on the Bears draft. Um what they what they mm. need to do in the draft, right? I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh getting very close, all type of positions in the air, and then of course they start in the third round, so who knows what the draft's going to bring? But, of course, we got the NBA draft, too. And who True. knows what that's going to bring to Chicago as well. Man, that is going to be interesting. So, I like how we all get to be pretty diverse today because we got NHL in the building. We got NFL in the building. But, unfortunately, this is the NBA podcast. <laughs> so, with that being said, we're going to switch things back around yeah, to the Josh, NBA talk. Picks. Um, we are, like I said, we are recording live here at 670 The Score. Let's talk about some playoffs, because guess what? It is playoff time. We are, They balling currently as we speak. Um, that being said, let's talk about the game that's going on right now. Phoenix. I mean, I'm sorry, Phoenix. I wish they were in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> Sixers and the Nets. <laughs> right? <laughs> that was a real quick turnaround. Um, 76 and the Brooklyn Nets. What do you guys think uh, as far as who's going to win this series and how they're going to win it. I have Phoenix. Now I keep saying Phoenix. God dang it. I have the <laughs> Sixers. I have the Sixers beating the uh, beating the Nets in a 4-2 series. I believe it's a 4-2 series or a 4-1 series. You can actually find that out on in the, uh, on my Indoscope column on We Are Regal Radio for the exact. But I had the Sixers winning because the Nets are not poised from a talent standpoint to keep up with the Sixers. They're thin. They're yeah. thin. It's a very thin bench. Man, They're a very the Nets, thin roster. If they win that series, do you have to start like thinking, is this 76ers model going to work? True. Which leads to the question, which I already think, I already think Jimmy Butler's gone, but if Jimmy, out of those guys, do you, stick, do you still continue to try and keep uh, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? Do you? I mean, I would think so, but I would think you got to reconstruct this roster because clearly they don't have enough of the type of help that they need for them to make the type of impact you're trying to make in the playoffs. And also, too, l- listening to Philadelphia Sports Radio the last couple weeks, um, uh, many of their fans are really starting to wonder, and I had this thought in my head a year ago when they were making their run in the playoffs, is um, Mark Brown, the, uh, the head coach, moving forward for the 76ers team. Me and their fans want him out. Philadelphia fans, you gotta, you, you know. I know they're crazy, yeah, but Philly, Philly, but yeah, they, they may, they may. It depends on how they do well 
yeah, the playoffs this, is, this, this year. They lot. may have something, but we'll, we'll see what happens down the road. I don't know if Phillies. I don't know if Phillies is the Eastern Conference Finals team, even though they have a they have a better bench than the Nets that they're playing right now. I still don't know if they are a team that makes the conference finals. Last year was a second round exit for them. And I think that they could be, as long as they make it a longer series, as long as they play better, they just still have questions about the guys that they need to get back next year, the guys they need to bring in next year. But they they need to they need to play they need to play better than they're playing today right now. Yeah, you got they're that right. Cause the Nets. Yeah, and this, as you, uh, we are talking about this Sixers and Nets series, the Nets right now are giving them a nice little butt whipping. <laughs> Scores 105 to 92. The Nets are winning. Karis Levert on the road. On the road. On top of that, so don't sleep on these Nets now. I'm telling. I'm telling you, do not sleep on the Nets. The Nets have game. D'Angelo Russell has truly grown into a a a leader on that team. Spencer Dinwiddie. God dang it, the Bulls. You just had to let him go. (laughs) But Spencer Dinwiddie is having a career breakout year. Karis Levert as well. Before the injury, he was potentially going was, was going to be uh, at least a candidate to possibly for maybe All Star. Mm-hmm. So they out here making there's a lot of good things going on right now with this Brooklyn Nets team, which is I don't which I don't blame why Kyrie and KD and his free agents may want to consider going to the Brooklyn Nets. So um, that means that just from a playoff standpoint, I just think the, the Nets are too thin, and they, and with them being so thin, the Philadelphia 76ers they have a lot of talent and depth with the talent. It's just a matter of making sure they can construct it in the way that's needed from a playoff series standpoint to win these games. And I think with this this specific matchup with the Nets, they're going to struggle a little bit, but obviously they'll eventually get over the hump, and I got them winning 4-2. What do you guys think? From a, from a, a series standpoint of who's going to win in, in how many games? I would go six. I think before today's game, I would have gone five, just looking at who the Nets have. But it's it's sometimes where you can, as a, as a team, without a superstar, and as well as Russell and Dinwiddie have played for them, they're not superstars. They have a team that's playing hard and playing for each other, and guys with a coach who is also understands how low the Nets have been. They just got themselves out, of, out from under those horrible Billy King trades, and so they're really trying to make themselves known again. This is this is the first step towards that. But I don't I, like you said I don't think they could they could put together four games where they beat the 76ers. Not where the 76ers make mistakes and get themselves out of it. I don't think they could beat them four times out of seven. So six games for me. Despite what happened in game one today, I still have Philadelphia in six because, as you mentioned, Chris, the talent on the roster is going to show out at the end. The Nets just don't have enough. They'll give the 76ers a scare, but it's not going to be enough at the end. And I was one of the ones that when the Jimmy Butler trade went down that I thought was going to work. He's been hot and cold in some spots. Now this is the time for him to show up to see what he's really made up, especially now with the, the addition of Tobias Harris. Sid, that ain't going to happen, first of all. Jimmy Butler ain't going to do anything because that's what Jimmy Butler does. He Ooh. talks a lot and doesn't do much of anything whatsoever. Ooh, you want to talk about a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> so not, not a Jimmy Ooh. fan over here. <laughs> 30, 30, that was in your soul. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that like that. <laughs> you can keep that 34. He ain't going to bring anything of a championship whatsoever to wherever he goes. Okay. 
right. So I assume that you don't think the Sixers are going to win no, this series. No, I think they're going to win this series. I'm with Chris. I don't think they're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. If they do, that's probably as far as I think that they'll make it. Yes, so I think right. they'll win this series. And I'll, I'll stick with you guys in six. All right. Tone. 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 <laughs> I'll take the Sixers. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, I'll, I'll take the two piece if we if we order him. <laughs> right, make sure there's an extra biscuit on the side. Always, um, <laughs> don't get a hot sauce. <laughs> right, right, hey, give me the hot sauce. State the king. Shout out to State the king. Um, we're gonna continue on with from a game schedule standpoint with the next series that's gonna be playing the Orlando Magic and the Toronto Raptors. I got the Raptors in five i believe i do if not on, you, want, now. you want to i can tell by your voice you want to say it's a sweet you want to I'm say i'm real it. tempted i'm real tempted do it josh there you go, i man. think i'm gonna do get it. Kermit, i want kermit i'll be i'll be dark side I'll be, kermit I'll be, uh, man, right? man. <laughs> <laughs> i'll be courteous right now and i'll just get I'll, I'll make it a five game series i got toronto winning in five it's just it's just uh, the, the the Raptors have been consistent all year long from offensively and defensively. They got talent all over the place. Kawhi is finally healthy for the playoffs, um, and he's I know and which which all season long he's been very similar to a MVP caliber type of season. And not to mention the improvement of uh, Pascal Siakam. That that guy yes. is improved Ooh. to the point where he's literally most improved player of the year. He could have been down. a borderline All Star this year. He literally could have been a borderline All Star. So. Those guys with the type of great coaching staff that they have, yeah, I don't think Orlando stands a chance. Not at all. Even though I am giving them one game. Because <laughs> they did make the playoffs. So I'm happy for them. I still got – I still – I'm going to take the sweep just because, um, I mean, I, I wasn't watching Orlando that closely. But like you said, the Raptors have all that talent. Kyle Lowry is still doing what he did last year with a, a player who – Kawhi Leonard is just better than DeMar DeRozan to me. Mm-hmm. And you got Siakam, you have OG Ananobi, you have those guys on the bench who just are so. OG's out. OG's out? Yeah, he's mm-hmm. out um, with the. Uh, he has uh, appendix. I think it's appendix surgery. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, so I'll, I'll take my Stephen A moment there. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll eat that one. But you still have Fred Van Vliet, still have um, Norman, Norman Powell. I always get the White Powell, Norman Powell confused, but Norman Powell. And those go, those guys on that bench, they they're just complete. They're so complete. Plus, they don't have the specter of, of LeBron coming to shatter their dreams this time. So it's weird to say that the team has something to prove when their boogeyman is out of the playoffs and in a different conference. But I really think that Toronto, this is this is their time. If there ever was a time for them, it is now. Yeah, not to mention that uh they also got the with the addition of Marcus All. Uh, a really big time center uh, to, to go not just offensively but can bang with big men defensively right. in the paint. But if the Raptors want to get to the Eastern Conference Finals in the championship, Kyle Lowry got to come through. Uh, he has been very inconsistent, especially when he plays against big moments when LeBron mm-hmm. the past couple of years. He has been MIA. He's gone ghost. And and you can argue, make arguably say those were the biggest moments of the playoffs that he's really ever been in. So, if he's going to be in the same similar situations from a pressure standpoint, he got to produce. And I, and I, and even though Toronto has all the talent in the world, he's going to be that X factor of, from a production standpoint and being consistent with that production, depending on who they face going into the future rounds of the playoffs. Yeah, I, I got Toronto in a, in a sweep. I think Orlando may get a game, but that's about it. Uh, like you mentioned, Chris, 
and Josh. Uh, Kyle Lowry, he's been known to choke in big moments in the playoffs, especially a couple years ago in the Eastern Conference Finals against Cleveland. On the flip side for Orlando, this is their first playoff. Well, I want to see how Aaron Gordon responds, Fournier as well, along with uh, Vucevic, the, their all-star this year. I want to see how he plays. Uh, is he going to step up consistently? And let's see what Orlando is made up as a team. I'm going to go sweep as well. Toronto in four. Orlando, nice start their year, but uh, their only highlight is going to be Mo Bamba, the song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about it. Too. He's never been a forgotten man this year. He yeah. really has. Yeah. I was I was so surprised that I have not been hearing Mo Bamba's name all season long. But even even you know, there's some there's something to that. But outside of the 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 Mo Bamba meme and when he played Joel in Philly, a tough start. Tough start to his career. I say that much. It is, but it may not be as tough. You making millions of dollars because you have people making a song out of you. <laughs> so, is he, what, is he I getting royalties? Is he getting royalties shoot, on that he song? should get royalties. Every time you come into the Orlando Magic uh, Stadium, I'm pretty sure they're saying Mo Bamba. Did you, do you think Shaq West called Mo Bamba and said, hey, man, we're going to use you in this song, but I want to make sure that you signed off that we can use your name. Here, we'll, we'll offer you. Th- he didn't do that. Of course he didn't do that, but he should have. That being Mo, said. Mo, copyright your name. <laughs> no, no, right? That being said. Um, not to mention, just b- briefly before a transition, you gotta you gotta give Steve Clifford at least a consideration for Coach of the Year, for him to turn around that franchise the way that he did. Um, and now they're in the playoffs, coming from a team that really wasn't even nowhere expe- not nowhere expected to make it. Um, you gotta give at least uh, Steve Clifford a shout out for sure for turning that turn that uh, franchise around to why they're now to now where they are a playoff uh, obviously a playoff team. Uh, next game going on today after that it's going to switch to the Western Conference Clippers versus the Warriors interesting. I don't even know why honestly I'm giving this consideration this is interesting to me it's more interesting than I think than you think you're giving it credit see but see this is the thing though I, I kind of view this very similar to the Toronto and Orlando Magic standpoint of the West and, this, and, the, and the reason why is because even though shout out to Doc Rivers done a heck of a job with this with this team before trading Tobias and after. Uh, they've done a great job of staying consistent and continuing to put their players in the developmental stage and being consistent throughout the season to make the playoffs. But Golden State Warriors are the Golden State Warriors. Ma- matching them up against them, it's not even, I, don't, I really don't think it's even going to be fair. I'm calling it, I'm, that's, this is for sure I'm calling a sweep. Ain't no him. I'm calling this one to be a sweep. I think it's going to be competitive, but a sweep. I'm calling it. I think it's going to be a five-game series, and the Clippers will win one game on their home court. They're not winning in Golden State. I'll bet you money on that. But here's the thing. Doc Rivers, he's done his best coaching job the last two years, and let's not forget, he got stripped of that GM title. Thank goodness. That helped him a lot. Exactly. It took a lot of pressure off him. So uh, he's been able to do his best job. And number two, Steph Curry injured his ankle the second to the last game of the season. Uh, he, he's actually, in, he's all, always important to the Golden State Warriors or how they roll offensively. Mm-hmm. But let's watch how he uh, mobilizes on the court. It shouldn't be that difficult because given the opponent that you are playing, but assuming that they end this series quickly, which they should, let's see how he responds going towards the later rounds, especially should they meet up with the Houston Rockets in that potential second round matchup. Right. 
Patrick Beverly is the closest thing that we have to a human embodiment of, of prime DMX. When he, was just, when he was coming in and screaming at and just screaming at you on all the songs. And it's going to give it to you. And you felt, and, and you felt that Robert in your soul. Like, like DMX is going to jump out the speakers and choke you. Patrick Beverly is the closest thing we got to that. So yeah. a Steph Curry at full strength is he he was going to put in as much work as possible. We've seen what he's done with with getting Russell Westbrook at least off of his mindset, if not con- slowing him down or containing him, getting him outside of his game plan. A Steph Curry is hurt, and Steph Curry, as good as he is, Man, Pat Beverly's crazy, dude. <laughs> just, he is. He's, he's going to hound he, him. Yeah, he's literally one of those, meet me outside. Meet me outside. He really is. <laughs> he really, that's, that's Crane, all, that's West Side Chicago basketball yes, all sir. the way. And they still have Lou Williams and the very, very underrated Ivica Zubats. Yeah. Very underrated player. They, yeah. they score a lot. That was a surprise to see this with, with the guys that they have. The Clippers scored a lot of points and they gave up a lot of points. So that tells you why they're in the A spot. You're, you're not going to be a bad defensive team and get over on the Warriors, but five games, maybe six, I don't think it's a sweep. Patrick Beverly, that might be a name for the Bulls moving forward. I would like that player on the team, especially as a backup point guard, or True. if not, your outright starter. Not to mention, he wants that. They want that toughness too. True. They said they want that toughness. Patrick Beverly, I hope you make a. Hope you consider coming back to the shot, man. We miss you. I'm gonna go sweep. I'm gonna go with you, Josh. I think uh, Warriors just too much talent. Gonna get by the Clippers. Four. Put money on it. <laughs> <laughs> man. Someone agrees with a brother. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Y'all wildin', man. Man, um, so we're gonna switch over to tonight's game. The de- I think it's one of the most dry. I think this is one of the most dry series out there. Denver Nuggets and San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> Shout out to the Spurs for making the playoffs again. <laughs> 20, <laughs> 20 second time straight time in the postseason. Uh, that you that. Totally talks about the the coaching staff and the culture they got there with Greg Popovich. Um, Give him some kind of talent; he'll yeah, make it work. He'll yeah. make it work. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely one of those coaches that you can you can never dismiss a Spurs team in the playoffs. Never. You can never underestimate them. But I'm going six games with this one. I think Denver's going to win it four two, and the reason why is because from the road aspect of things. Denver hasn't always been that great on the road. And the Spurs are known to win fairly well at home. Um, Plus, is it Denver's first time really being in the playoffs since the Mellow days? This is an inexperienced team? Yeah, around 06, something like that. So, you're talking about first time being in the playoffs in a long time, inexperienced, even though, they, even though they've been great all season long. Inexperienced, going against a Popovich team that can really dissect anything and find that pinpoint to take you out of the game, which makes him so effective in the first place. Um, I just think they're going to struggle a little bit. And you can never doubt a Spurs team. So I'm giving the Spurs two home games. But I think it's going to be kind of dry, but yet competitive. Was the last Nuggets playoff series when they had Andre Iguodala before he went to the Warriors? That could be. Oh, yes, yeah, 2013. Like Wilson Chandler. Yeah. No, 13. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, y'all. I forgot they played Kobe. Um, 
it's it's difficult because uh, we we were talking. Actually, I was I was with uh, Tone, as as his boy Jim knows him is this Tone, um, <laughs> with uh, D and Davis talking about uh, the pace in the Western Conference, and I was surprised that of the three teams that I looked up in terms of possessions per forty eight minutes, that's the pace. The the Jazz played faster than the Rockets and the uh, the Nuggets. I know a lot of their their game is predicated on high post action with with Jokic, but it still kind of surprised me. That being said, they're they're a high quality defensive team, and they don't lose too much when they go to their bench. They can play. They have a lot of depth. Monte Morris really played great off the bench out of uh, uh, coming out of Iowa State as the backup point guard. When you look at Jamal Murray's assist to turnover ratio, it's good. It's four. It's almost. Uh, it's a little bit over two to one. Monte Morris was putting up 3.6 assists and all nearly half a turnover during in his you know in his whenever minutes he was playing. That's a ridiculous ratio. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's going to make the right play and he can shoot really well. The one of those highlights of those Iowa State Hoiberg teams was that they could all shoot. And so having a guy like that come off the bench, not to mention Juancho Hernan Gomez, who I really like as a player. All of these guys that they can bring in, I think I'm pulling Monte Morris off the Jazz, am I? Is he on the Jazz or is he on the Nuggets? I think I might have, I think I might have confused those two in my head. Either way, the the Nuggets have that they have that much depth available, and Michael Malone is is a coach that didn't get a fair shake in Sacramento. We know not only do we know he can coach. His dad was a great defensive mind for those old Pistons teams. Mm-hmm. So we talk about Pop exploiting mismatches. Malone can do that too on the other side. Right. I love Patty Mills, the Aboriginal gunner, and the Spurs have have Bryn Forbes shooting well off the bench. Lamarcus Aldridge is probably going to disappear in the playoffs as he normally does, but they still have Demar Derozan and they still have a great coaching staff. Not to mention Pop at the top. But the Nuggets being that they are the second best team in the West this year, have to make that statement. If they really want to say, we are the second best team in the West, they're going to try and put this one away early. So I wouldn't be surprised Nuggets in five. I got Denver in seven because of the home court advantage. A couple things for Denver. This will be their first go around in the playoffs as as we mentioned earlier. Is uh, Nikolai Djokovic, how, how is he going to step up as the scoring leader of this team in a first-time All-Star? My guy, Jamal Murray, who should have been an All-Star this year, how is he going to respond to the challenge uh, in the playoffs? And Gary Harris, what is he going to uh, do coming off the bench as well? So I'm looking for those three players to step up big for Denver. On the other side for San Antonio, we were talking about this before the show, Josh. This is not the same team we've been used to seeing for years and years with Duncan, Kawhi Leonard, and Danny Green and some of those uh, veterans. This is a totally different team. Like you said, Chris, will Marcus Aldridge uh, disappear in the playoffs? DeMar DeRozan, who you traded for for Kawhi this past offseason, how will he respond with the new situation in the playoffs? Man, my biggest question for the Spurs is, who's going to be that third guy to step up? Are you going to get anything out of Rudy Gay? Who, who else is going to step up to be that third guy? That's why I have Devin winning this series. You still you still push it to seven, though? I do. Okay. I'm going to go Denver in six. I think San Antonio is going to give Denver all it can handle, but Denver a little bit more talented, a little bit more athletic, a little bit more length, 
like you pointed out, Chris, I don't trust LaMarcus Aldridge to be there and be that force because if him and DeRozan are going strong, I could definitely see San Antonio winning this series, but I don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to go Denver just eking it out kind of, if you will, in six. Yeah, there's some good points. I, I like Ryan. We, we got the same, we got the same <laughs> thoughts. I like Ryan. That's what I'm talking about. Keep this up, man. Uh, we're going to transition to tomorrow's game, which will finish off the rest of the first uh, game ones of the uh, the playoffs. Indiana Pacers and the Celtics. Whoo, boy, you want to talk about some grit. Uh, this is going to be That's a, a gritty series. That's going to be a real gritty series. I have Boston in, I think, Boston in six. I do have Boston in six. Um, At the end of the day, Boston just has so much talent. Um, They have what it, uh, now don't get me wrong, Indiana has played far better than we could have ever expected, especially since the injury to Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. They have uh, Nick, Nick McMillan really put this team to uh, work with this team together. Miles Turner has been balling um, to really break this team to where it is now. But they're thin. They got a thin bench, and they don't have a go-to guy like a Victor Oladipo at that time to really get them to that next level. Um, Boston has all that and double, maybe even triple. <laughs> um, you got Kyrie Irving, who's yeah, everybody knows that whatever he does in the regular season, you know in the playoffs he's going to show up. That's true. And Gordon Hayward uh, adjusting to that six-man role was key for them because he's bringing that spark off the bench as he's still trying to recover. He's been very been playing very well as a six-man for this team. Uh, not to mention, you got players from last year that really stepped up and took this team to the Eastern Conference Finals. They're going to use that experience and translate it to this year and, and help out in ways that even though they got these two superstars and Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, even if they were struggling, they can pick up the slack because you've seen them do it, taking the Cavs to seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, so I expect, I expect Jason Taylor, uh, Jason Tatum Jay, and Jalen Brown to step up, Marcus Morris um, being that type of big man, uh, stretch forward that he can be. Um, I'm giving them six. I would say five, but I'm giving them six because Marcus Smart is out okay. with that torn oblique, and he's the big defensive anchor um, that they have, especially from the perimeter. So they're not going to be as tough as they normally are. I, so I think they'll be able to squeak by a second game. But Boston, for me, right now, 4-2. It's just a loss. To, it's just a great loss series that when, when Oladipo went out, we lost a chance at a great series, what, the, what this would have been. And with the guys that you said, Nate McMillan got them playing. They picked up Wesley Matthews to pick up some of that slack. It's a functional playoff basketball team. And that's not meant to be a knock. It's just that's just what they are. They don't have a superstar shot creator. So it's the, I can't disagree with that. Boston 6. Uh, real quick break, uh, breaking news. The Nets did win against the 76ers, 111 to 102. D'Angelo Russell had 26 <laughs> points, and Butler did come out firing with 36. It doesn't matter, though. What end of the, the spectrum was he on? <laughs> <laughs> was he winning or was he losing? <laughs> well, uh, the Nets took game one. So, back to our regular discussion. Uh, I have Boston A6 as well. As you mentioned, Josh, they have a better roster in terms of Boston from top to bottom. 
uh, Nate McMillan, I think, more this year. I was capable for him last year to get the uh, Coach of the Year job. He deserves more this year, especially, as you mentioned, Chris, with the injury to Victor Oladipo. A couple of things to keep in mind for Boston. Number one, this will be Kyrie Irving's first playoff run in two years. He sat on the bench last true, year. True. Number two, Brad Stevens. We all called him the boy genius, the boy wonder, or what have you, what he did last year without him. He's going to have to earn his money starting right now. That's why I have Boston six. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he was. The he literally was probably one of the actual problems to the Celtics up and down season because of the fact that he didn't know how to orchestrate Kyrie and work with Gordon Hayward at the pace that he needed to continue to develop with this roster. I don't think he took enough heat to say, you know, we, everything's Kyrie's fault or everything is the players not accepting their role <laughs> fault. Well, you got a coaching staff that's supposed to p- figure all that out. You got, And that's what makes supposedly Brad Stevens a genius, right? So we knew what he can do without stars. But what happens when you have them? How do you how do you t- how do you be able to coach them and put them in a situation to where they can still thrive and not miss and not create any mishaps like the Celtics have? And he's been and he has failed this season to do that. If you listen to uh, some of the uh, people in, in the sports media world in Boston, uh, they would turn a blind eye because of what he did the uh, the last couple of years, especially last year. But some of the fans have turned on Brad Stevens and say, "Show us what you made of," and it's a fair point. And like I said before. Uh, Brad Stevens minus Marcus Smart. You have a full uh, roster. Let's see what you made of. Yeah, I think uh, to Chris's point earlier, really shame for this Indiana Pacers team. I wanted to see what they'd be like with Victor Oladipo this year after they impressed me how they played Cleveland last year in the playoffs. He was playing even better this year. Yeah, he was playing great. I was really interested to see how that team was going to fare. And then when he went down, I thought the huge loss just for the Eastern Conference and their playoff schedule because – Indiana, nobody wanted to face that team, even if they weren't considered tops. Unfortunately, I think I'm going to go Boston in five. I think just too much talent is just going to trump. Still some inconsistencies from Boston. They're probably going to give up a game that you wouldn't expect them to give up in this series, but I think that they'll overall take it in five. All right, so next game. Excuse me. Ooh, one of my favorites. Oklahoma City Thunder versus the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> Woo, you want to talk about a firing backcourt? Oh, my goodness. C.J. McCollum, praying that he obviously stays healthy enough to perform at the high level that he can. With Damian Lillard, I'm looking forward to the Damian Lillard versus Russell Westbrook matchup. <laughs> They've been going at it for years, and they about to add another chapter to this historical book. Oh, my gosh. So I'm excited to see that matchup. I think Oklahoma City is going to win it in six. Um, Portland Trailblazers, like I said, they got that dynamic backcourt of C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard. It's by far one of the most amazing backcourts we've seen basically within our generation, I want to say. They're averaging almost 50 points a game between the two and just between the two of them. So that's definitely incredible to want to see. And I think it will live up to the hype, but that injury to uh, Jerkic was mm-hmm. huge for them. Um he was a big rebounder and a big defensive guy in the paint. He mm-hmm. controlled that defensive side of the paint. And with that basically snatched out, I like Enos Cantor, but he's not a defensive guy. <laughs> and, and and that's something with, that you would Collins need. Plumley, yeah, that's it. Yeah, for the most part. Especially now you're dealing with a big, uh, big Aquaman. 
Well, <laughs> and that, that is, man. Now you're dealing with Aquaman in the paint. Steve Steven Adams is, and I, I want to see if they will exploit that in the first round, knowing that that's something that they can exploit, or if they're going to leave it in the hands of Westbrook and Paul George. Because if they if the Thunder don't use that Steven Adams mismatch to their advantage, like repeatedly feed him, then I don't see they I don't know if they have the tactical know-how to get to where they need to go going forward. Right. That's something that you when you have something like that, when you have a weakness, you have to go after it. You have to feed him. You have to make the the Blazers, you have to make the Trailblazers rotate and change their style to get your shooters and your penetrators better looks, easier touches. Definitely. Yeah, we were talking about this during the, before the show, Josh, about uh, Stephen Adams. This is the series for him, and will Thunder head coach Billy Donovan use that tactic to exploit the Blazers' defense, as you mentioned, Chris? Number two, Russell Westbrook. He's been that all, not not perfect, but almost close to perfect. Number two, our uh, star for OKC all year next to Paul George. Let's see if he can continue that during the playoffs. Because remember, last year it was him, Mello, and George. None of them had great shooting series against Utah. Let's see if, if his shot selection, if, if it improves, will he let Paul George be the man? Because, like you said, it's, it's a great matchup on paper between him and Lillard, but will he play within the team concept to make this home Oklahoma City team go? Because, let's be honest, assuming they get past Portland, they'll have a, a, a favorable matchup against Denver or San Antonio in that next round. I don't know about you guys, but Oklahoma City, for lack of a better term, they have an easy path to the Western Conference Finals to me. I've gone back and forth. I think the Jerkic injury ultimately pushes me to Oklahoma City side. I don't love, and I've wanted to love Oklahoma City, going back to when they traded for Melo last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it just doesn't seem like they can just stay hot. They go through phases where they're just inconsistent, too reliant on Russell Westbrook and Paul George to do everything, and then other times everything's flowing and they look like a potential threat in the West. I think they're going to ultimately take the series. I'll go with what you said, Josh. I like that. Oklahoma City in six, if not seven. I'm really torn on that, but I wanted to pick the Trailblazers. I just don't think they have enough to get past Oklahoma City. Yeah, that's a very good point that you brought up because um, when you let Russ be Russ at times, you don't get too much farther <laughs> in, a, in a winning column. And not to mention, Paul George is still technically not healthy. He's still dealing with that shoulder uh, injury. Well, I remember last year, wasn't it he wasn't healthy seven last year either. against Utah where Westbrook had like 34 points, but he was like 9 of 30 shooting or yeah. something yep. crazy mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, I mean, you got 34 points, but this is like Derrick Rose back when he was with the Bulls and they were in the playoffs. Here's 40 shots. Try to hit 30% of them so we can move on to the next round. <laughs> or Allen Iverson. <laughs> right. Yeah, and those and and you know, this, this Thunder team is far from a, a Sixers Allen Iverson era roster. Right. But for sure on that point. This is a, this is a tough series even with with Nurkic being out just because you you we all know what you can do with you have a, when you have a hot shooting backcourt. And they still have quality players. Um, they still have, Myers, Myers Leonard for all his faults is still is still a player that can get you some things. And even even Mo Harkless and Al Farouk Aminu had a very nice season for them. It's still an Al Farouk Aminu type player who's not a guy that you necessarily have to game plan for, but you have to be aware of him. And and Seth Curry as well. Seven games is not out of the realm of possibility for them. 
if the Thunder do what they need to do and turn down in the paint in the post, then I think it's six. But if you push it to seven, I'm not picking the Blazers, but I wouldn't be surprised if they win. Now you make a very good point. We're going to transition now to Detroit and the Bucks. Dare I say sweep. <laughs> Dare I say sweep. Yeah, we can go um, through this This, this should quick. be a sweep. It should be a sweep. Who's going to stop Giannis? You... Who's going to compete with Giannis? I don't care what else Giannis has around him. Anthony well, you have a... <laughs> <laughs> I love Chris. <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know, sometimes, you know, you remember, you remember when, when, when the Cavs were playing the, uh, the Hawks when the Hawks had that fantastic season, and people said with a straight face that Kent Bazemore could stop LeBron. And then right. yeah, and then he demolished <laughs> right. them, and now and they got swept. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's basically the same thing here. It should be a <laughs> it should be a buck sweep. Um, Giannis is. I mean, too this much. can't be going more than five games. Yeah, no more than five. As I said, I, I'm great. I'll if be gracious. I was gracious to seven. Orlando. I was gracious to Orlando. Something so seriously wrong if this goes six <laughs> or seven. <laughs> I was gracious to Orlando. So I got to keep my word. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give Detroit a game. I'll give them five. I'll give the Bucks in five. But Man it really people, should be Josh. a sweep. It should be a sweep. No one, because they, they they definitely don't have anyone to stop Giannis. Even though Blake Griffin has improved, he ain't. He's not Giannis. No. <laughs> Andre Andre Drummond, he has potential to make his 2020 games, but they ain't gonna be enough. And after that, they ain't got nobody else. When it comes to the Bucks, they have Giannis. Um. Shooters like Miritich that they acquired. They also added depth from a big man standpoint. Blitzo can Gasol. go off. Blitzo can go off, night. but I have a question mark with him. And the sure. only reason why is because last year he let Scary Terry screw him over. <laughs> he let he got beat by Scary Terry by Terry Rozier in a seven game series. And for him not to be a starting point guard and for Blitzo to be that solidified starter and point guard of the future now because he signed that extension. You need to bring it. You got to bring it. You can't have no more letdowns like that. And plus, Malcolm Brockton is injured, and, too. And, and he's, and he's yeah, injured, really too. really need him. Mm-hmm. And they, they really do need him. So he has to step up. And based on last year, hopefully this and, – and you can even have some question marks with Giannis at times because Giannis last year was, wasn't in the role that he is now from a confidence standpoint to take that extra leap. Now that he is, I hope that he can – Obviously, continue to do that. Maybe not in this first round because it may not be necessary. But the later, later round, especially they're trying to go to the NBA Finals. He needs to be that alpha dog, even though, even though he ha- he says he can be this alpha dog. You got to bring it. You got to show it. So I know it's a, I, I, it's supposed to be a sweep, oh, but I'm giving them a game. I'm giving them a game. I'm being generous. Too generous. To the Detroit I'm team, generous. man. That's a Detroit team. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm, I'm I'm man, I got family in Detroit, man. I gotta give it. I gotta. I gotta <laughs> I gotta, I gotta help out D-town. D Town, Detroit basketball. Like, no, come on now. Just because you said that, it's a sweep now. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Webber likes you though. Chris hey. Webber likes you. C Web. Yeah, shout out to Dwayne Casey off for getting the pisses into the playoffs. LeBron James, you out of my hair forever. <laughs> for real. There's another guy who's, who's 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 ducking the curse of LeBron, but he he really did he really did so well with the Pistons because they were out of the they were outside of the playoffs. <laughs> And they they use what they they use what they did with the acquisitions, not just in the Blake trade, the other acquisitions that they made. The disappointing thing for me here is that Stanley Johnson still hasn't rounded into what he was supposed to be. Right. And if he was anything close to that, we would be we would be giving the Pistons more of a chance to at least extend the series. 
Remember that one series against LeBron where he was showing up a little, like their first oh, yeah. year with Stan Van Gundy? <laughs> and it then was he like, was like, ooh, Stanley's coming. Right, oh. and he was like, I'm in LeBron's head. I'm in LeBron's head. Well, where, where, where is it? Where is it? Where is it on a consistent <laughs> basis? Clearly not in LeBron's head. <laughs> <laughs> you say he's a poor man's uh, Ruben Patterson? Oh. Ruben Patterson's a poor man's Ruben Patterson. <laughs> It's, Kobe stopper, Kobe stopper, Kobe stopper. It's, just, it's a shame. It's, it's a shame to me because he he was supposed to be one of the best people off that Arizona team, and it's really come down to like Rondé Hollis Jefferson surpassing him. But yeah, I'm taking the sweep. I'm taking the four game sweep. Sweep, sweep them. All right, y'all, let's get them brooms. Right? Milwaukee, y'all better get them brooms. Even I'm being generous. Detroit, <laughs> don't get Way swept. Too been generous, yeah. Detroit, don't don't sweep. No, please don't sweep. Just for my sake. But I know we're not going to be pulling out the brooms for this next series because the last but not least, and the one probably one of the most favorite ones to watch, yeah. the Jazz this and the Rockets. The Utah Jazz mm-hmm. and the Houston Rockets. Woo, I cannot wait to see Donovan Mitchell go up against James Harden. That is going to be an epic showdown. I obviously got Houston winning. I believe it's going to be done in six games. But you got to have some asterisks with them. You got to have some asterisks with them, too. Can James Harden keep up this level of play in the playoffs? Can Chris Paul stay healthy? And can they keep up the defensive pressure that they slowly but surely have been showing in the last part of the season? You don't have Trevor Reza anymore, who is that glue defensive guy that, while also being consistent 40, 35% shooter from three. That was their worst loss. That was their biggest yep. loss of the season. But they did improve from a big man standpoint. You got Capella, who's improved. You got Kenneth Fareed, that's a big rebound manimal for real. So, and that's, and, and he can battle with Gobert. So, the, the, that, but the key is can Chris Paul stay healthy and can James Harden stay hot? Because if James Harden is cold, I don't trust nobody else to get off that way. Even no. though Chris Paul technically can, he's up in age, can't really perform at the level like he used to. So I'm giving Houston the edge with six games. But <laughs> you do got to have some asterisks towards them as you're watching the series. Oh, boy. This this is, this is a fun series. It's going to be a fun series. But the Jazz last year took the Thunder out in the first round, the much-vaunted Thunder, and they did it pretty clinically. And they have... Uh, I, I don't... Um, there's there's guys that I follow on Twitter, um, and Andy Bailey, I'll mention Andy Bailey, because he's, he's not he's not a show. He's out he's out for just doing things for himself. But he's a Houston guy. Um, Eric Eric Woodyard's out in Utah as well. So I see... I said Houston. He's a Utah guy. So I follow these guys who, who are a lot of Utah Jazz um, writers, and I see what they're posting. And the thing about the Jazz is that they have made so much of the parts that they have that maybe five or six years ago wouldn't have been the roster that, that you construct to go deep in the playoffs necessarily. Donovan Mitchell aside, that was that guy's a, a trans, a, he's a potentially <laughs> transcendent talent. But Rudy Gobert at his height and, and size, I don't, he, you know, he would have been like another Mark Eaton kind of guy, except with less size. And now he's always a top defensive player. Just in the way he is worth five or six wins in the way he affects the game defensively. 
Joe Ingles. Who would have been pulling for a Joe Ingles kind of guy? But analytically, he's one of the best players in the league. He's like, a, he's a better version of Joe Harris in Brooklyn. And then you have Derek Favors, who's still in still in Utah, still producing reliably. And for the reason that this is a, a reasonless a Rockets team, they are older. PJ Tucker's an older guy. Um, Capella's young, and he's going to take energy, and he and he and Farid will help sap Gobert a little bit, and they'll make him work more than necessary. But I think in the way that the Jazz play defense and the way that they limit three-point shots, if not three-point shooting accuracy, and that is so much of what makes Houston a great team, I'm going to give it to the Mormon Tabernacle Choir <laughs> over the Rockets in six games. Okay. I'm going with the Houston Rockets in six games. A couple of things to keep in mind. One, obviously it's the rematch from last year's series. I think Utah is ready more this year than last year because, as you mentioned, Chris, what they did to OKC last year took all the energy out of them. That's and, true, too. And they ran up against a better, better roster in Houston last year. Number two, I'm looking at the head coaching in Mike D'Antoni in Houston. I will be honest here. I don't know about you guys, but I don't think he took enough heat last year of why they blew that series against the Golden State Warriors, even after Chris Paul went down. You were up double digits, by 12 points at halftime at Golden State in Game 6. You got blown out in the second half. Game 7, you were up by double digits again at, at halftime. During the second half, you missed 27 straight three-point attempts. That That's inexcusable. I remember listening to that game on ESPN Radio. Hubie Brown said consistently, get the ball inside. What made Houston successful, especially in that series? They got the ball inside. The uh, The team was sharing the ball. They got open shots, and they were making them. They failed to do that in the last two games of that series. I want to see if they adjusted from last year to this year during the playoffs. We all talk about James Harden not showing up at times during the playoffs. I'm worried more about that coaching. Very valid point. Very valid point. Chris, you stole my thunder there, guy. <laughs> Out of all the matchups, I think this has the best chance of being an upset of the higher seeds. I actually really like Utah a lot, too. They play really solid defense. I think they match up athletically, lengthwise to Houston. If I knew James Harden is going to put up crazy numbers for the entire series, I would take Houston to win. He's going to put up big numbers, but we know James Harden in the playoffs doesn't put up consistent big numbers like he does in the regular season. You just can't. Exactly. The pace slows down. It's more of a half court, even though that does help him out with his ability to get fouls. We know refs swallow the whistles a little bit more in the playoffs. I think... Utah, if they play their game and play efficiently, and Donovan Mitchell is one of the best players on the court, I think they're going to win the series. Mitchell, do, Mitchell does have to show. I, I forgot to mention that on my side. He's had a he regressed a bit, not, and regression is kind of like an old panic word, but he he regressed a bit off of his first season. That being said, if he plays if he plays well, he shoots well, and he doesn't necessarily take all of the shots. If he takes time to get get players get players around more involved and they work around with with angles especially and i think with mitchell you just got to hit some big shots because i think utah is going to keep things close the difference could be you know you got james Harden and chris paul who are those guys that are adept at making those hard shots late in games utah just needs their guy if donovan can do that i think that might be enough in itself I guess. Well, I guess what? I know a team is not going to be in the playoffs. The Bulls! 
I was so random. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's a man, free cheap shot. Hey, I, I I got. I just had to do it, man. I just had to do it. Sorry, Bulls fans. I I understand your loss. That being said, um, we are recording live at six seventy to score. Running with War podcast with Chris, Sid, and Ryan Bukovetsky. At it again. Take it to Mons. <laughs> one, one, <laughs> one last thing. I, I said I was going to say it. Um, oh, your man, you know, as much as you try to ignore the, the stupidity coming out of the White House, big shout out to your man, Donald Trump, saying that he was going to, he was, he, tr- uh, with the news that came out, that he was trying to, um, like, release the the detainees at the that are at the the southern border like detained it's immigration immigration like hold lot holding cells or whatever in the sanctuary sanctuary cities as revenge like they were going to be unleashed from vans like a plague of locusts if anybody is in chicago who doesn't want to host anybody who's right now sitting at the border in in a cage in a lockup you can leave chicago right now i said it to you you can get out dip out because it's soft we're here for those people man. and for my man thinking that this is like generation z or or the walking dead or something uh, that's all i got i try i say i try to ignore it but i had to say that that was that was that was the most unconscionable thing i heard this week just had to get it off my chest i feel you after like i feel you i feel you we- <laughs> <laughs> His name of is Chris Penny and he approves this message. <laughs> <laughs> Sign off with F the Lakers. That being said, you know what I want. You know what I want to say uh, since we have this time for the platform, real quick. F racism, because clearly, um, with Utah and their interaction with players and most recent, say, Utah and, doesn't really deserve you, to win. But they, yeah, they don't. But with their fan bases and the racial slurs and everything, that situation that many players comment on. That's a very religious part of the country. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. That's Mormon country that's, right there. Yeah, that, definitely. So interesting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very. But um, so we um, so be mindful as we watch this series. The different things that may go on behind the scenes. I know last year Russell Westbrook had the incident with the fans in the playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he had another incident with them during the season. So we got to. I think James Harden did too and last James, year yeah. uh, at Utah. Yeah, I think James, year, Harden, yeah. James Harden might have too. So we got to be. That's something we got to be mindful of that from a playoff standpoint. But from a humanity standpoint, shout out to Kyle Korver. Mm. A man did come out and say, you know what? It took me. Over almost, you know, 12 plus years in the league to really come out and say this. But in the day, I support my brothers. I support <laughs> my teammates. <laughs> and uh, these, uh, as far as in the city of Utah, you got to do better. And that's something that not, uh, that we ha- we as African Americans have to. Uh, we, we, we claim you as part of the family, Ryan. You want us? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, we definitely claim, we claim Ryan as one of the, as one of the brothers. So historical African American name Bukovetsky. Bukovetsky. <laughs> <laughs> That's going in the history book, guys. That being said, um, us as people, especially for the most part, mainly African Americans, you know, dealing with situations like that, we, it, what makes racial movements and civil rights movements so successful over the time period was the fact that we had white people join us mm-hmm. in those movies to fight and combat racism you and make to make the country more united and that's what Kyle Corver did in support of his colleagues and teammates within Utah there's too many instances within the league especially in Utah that have come out that of racial 
slurs, or racial content being projected from fans. Boston and Utah. Right. Boston and Salt Lake City. Those two franchises, from a city perspective, have been very well known for racial slurs. (laughs) Bill Russell even wrote in his memoir that even though he liked the franchise, the city wasn't a city he needed to live Mm -hmm. in. Right. And he lived during the civil rights movement, the Jim Crow era. Mm -hmm. So, because of that, for Kyle Corver to come out and say, look here, Utah, not just Utah, but white people in general, and more specifically white males, white athletes across the world need to support the initiatives of equality and not use equality as in it's only equal for me, but not for my other counterparts. It's Mm -hmm. equal for everybody and includes everybody. And you need to be part of the movement and not just talking it, but walking that talk, not just talking the talk, but walk, you know, and walking the walk. You got to do that. And for him to come out and say that and, and have support from teammates like Donovan Mitchell, who wrote a statement around that time saying, uh, saying that he doesn't, he doesn't condone it and fans shouldn't either. And for the Utah Jazz to follow the same initiative by doing the same thing with a press release and even the commissioner himself mm. coming out during those times and saying, this is not what we're about. For all that to come into play, Corver just adding to the icing on the cake as the icing on the cake from an issue that needs to be addressed in a more serious situation, especially now in the playoffs, where the playoffs, you've had a lot of incidents with fans being saying derogatory, negative, and racial comments to <laughs> black players and black superstar players when they come to their city. I mean, it's 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 it was welcome for what Kyle Corver for what he did. I was actually. It was um, a specific media personality brought up and, and said it was kind of odd that it took him this long to really right. realize it. Mm-hmm. And there's something to that for him being a basketball player. Even though he came up in Iowa, there's still a certain point where you're going to be playing with where you're going to be playing with black players. It's basketball. He played LeBron, playing, right? I mean, even even in college <laughs> on Creighton, there were black players on Creighton. He mm-hmm. played in Philadelphia with Iverson. Eric Snow, all those guys, Aaron McKee. He's been playing with black players, but it's some. There are some times where you do you can live in a bubble, and Kyle Korver has always been that kind of like floppy hair, clean cut, three point shooting. What you would what you would see is like a prototypical in this era white basketball player. And so as as much as I welcome it, I see I do see where it was kind of a surprise where it took him this long, but. That would be like me saying, I, sh- you know, I should have understood the plight of women and um, people who are gay or lesbian or, or bisexual, transgender, something like that. Where it's not something that I see and am a part of every single day of my life. It takes time to understand that perspective. So <laughs> I understand why he's coming out now, why he said what he said now and when he's been in the league this long. Also, people mature and grow at different stages. We all don't grow at the at the same rate or the, at the same time. And number two, um, it, it's the t- it's the atmosphere that you're around and that you grew up in. If you uh, let's just say, if I was a white person, I saw if I was hanging with, with you guys, and okay, we're cool, we're civil, whatever. And I'm constantly looking at social media or what's on the TV, and I see something different, which is being pushed out. I'm looking at you guys and say, something's wrong with you guys. Why are you not like that? So it takes a mature person that 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 needs to change, that wants to change to actually do the work. Shout out to Corporal for doing it. So, you know, it, it takes 
a, a time for people to change to recognize that they need to change but takes another maturity level to say i need to do it for myself and like you said josh uh, help other people and since you've been a big hockey fan i mean it's been coming up in hockey for the last especially the last few years right mm-hmm. yeah it's a really big uh controversial topic that needs to be discussed and not just yes. more than this discussion I, we need some action too yeah yes. some people need to actually uh, walk their walk and talk their talk and really back up what they really be saying because uh that works well i mean it's it's something that um that is not discussed often enough about um players really really doing what they they in the 60s and in in the 70s when these issues were so as so out on the front page you know the things like sit down strikes things like strikes were were discussed i think more with more fervor at least more publicly than they are today where players were just like we're not going to play that uh, there was a case in the i think the 62 nba all-star game where players wanted to get a pension they wanted better benefits they almost boycotted it. Right. They didn't. They were. They weren't gonna play the game. They was like they. They. They didn't play the. They weren't gonna play the game. There was a point where they were going to come out because they were like, okay, we're, we're all star players, and like Will Chamberlain says, like we're gonna play. And then the Lakers owner came down and told Elgin Baylor and Jerry West, two of the greatest players in NBA history, to get their stuff on and get out on the court. And everybody in the locker room said, "F that. We're not gonna play. You're not gonna order these guys around like they're nobody." Things like that. I really think something like that has to happen in order for there to be a big change. It's it's like what I said when, on the last podcast about Bulls fans. If they want a better product, you got to put your money where your mouth is and not go to games. And this isn't all just all on the players. But if they want to see real change, you got to hit these owners and you got to hit the league where it really hurts. The NBA has, has done a good job of getting out on the forefront of these issues when they can. But some of it is still lip service. So you got to really make them hurt and say, we want a change. We're not going to go to work until there's a change. That's a, that's a lot to say, especially for guys who aren't making the league max or even like a, a healthy contract. But the league minimum is still six figures. It's something that I think it's something that they can do. But I'm an anti-capitalist, man. I'm, I'm weird. <laughs> I, you know, I'm weird. Yeah, man, I feel you. I wish I could make a six-figure check. So, so as far as the NBA is concerned, yeah, if you y'all boycott, just know I got. I'm I'm cool. I'll sign. I'll sign a contract just to sit there <laughs> and get that six-figure check. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. Like Josh, you heard you can, it here you first. You can't scab, bro. You, you can't. <laughs> Josh was crossing the line. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a, this. With that being said. Thank you for tuning in to the Running With War All-NBA podcast with your boy, Joshua M. Hicks, um, Chris Pennant, Sid the Kid Brown, Ryan Bukovetsky. I don't know how you can't get this name right, D. <laughs> I got to tweet him. I, tweet. <laughs> I don't know how you don't get this name right, but it's all good. We love you, D. All love. All love. Shout out to D and the Davis Show, Ken and Demo- Ken Davis and Demond Sproul. Man, those are the guys. They really are doing a great job with their show and everything that they're doing. And shout out to Ryan being one of the executive producers of the show, helping putting that show together. Seriously, download all their pla- download all their stuff. Subscribe. D and Davis Show all over Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, um, Intune, all that. All those platforms, man. Just download all their stuff, subscribe, and you will not miss it. You thought this was funny. Oh, listen to them guys. 
they gonna they gonna definitely uh, make sure you guys have a good show you a good time. That and follow us on WeAreRegalRadio.com. We got a lot of great stuff coming up. I got my own personal in the scope podcast and column. Chris got his uh, bullets on the block column. Uh, champagne or campaign. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming for the summer. There's a, a lot of stuff coming on for the show. Ryan got his got his NFL draft. Uh, NFL stuff coming on. Sid got his uh, Black Hawks column. And you got the White Sox stuff too, right, Sid? And White yeah, Sox we're working stuff on something too. special too, so yes, I'm that's coming up soon. Yeah, right. that's what I'm saying. We got a lot of good things going on. We got Chicago on. sports fans covered and national fans. Exactly. Whatever league, whatever you got. Exactly, man. You don't want to miss out because uh, We Are Big Radio got a lot of stuff for you guys. And just because he's just a special of a guy, shout out to the man, Tony Gill. Yes. Shout out to the man, Tony Gill. He's doing great things, covering the Bulls for 670 to score, being a producer of Lawrence Holmes Show. You can check out at, at noon. And on top of all that, the No Zones podcast, the No Zones Bulls podcast, you can get also at 670 to score and on 670 to score um, app. It's on uh, iTunes 